<clears throat> What's up, y'all? How's it going? We're back. So, uh, getting right to it, Black Lightning Matters will be a solo endeavor today. Uh, Cole Jackson is actually off in Freeland. Him and Painkiller got some business to take care of before next week. So, um, stick around for just me and you will enjoy me. <laughs> um, this episode, Crossroads, uh, y'all. So, I'm your host, solo host for today, Rain Coleman, Carefree Blur, Carefree Black Nerd, everywhere else. And like I said before, Cole Jackson is off in Freeland with Painkiller somewhere. He'll be back uh, next week. And this is the penultimate episode. When you're listening to and watching this episode, please use that hashtag BLMPod. Let me know that you're listening, that you're watching, that we're on the same accord here. Uh, because this will be a solo episode, I will do things just a little bit differently. Still do the good and the bad, ugly and all that good shit. And you guys will you know, leave your comments. But this is the penultimate episode. This is the one and the two and the three. We have one more left. I am, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel yet. Uh, getting right to it, Black Lightning, season four, episode 12, the Book of Resurrection, chapter one. Uh, this is Jefferson realizes that sometimes an admission of weakness can be a show of strength. Tobias is focusing on an end game. This episode is titled, what is it? Crossroads. So I don't really know how I feel about this episode. I, I, I'm managing my expectations as a fan and because we know that this is the episode before the very last, the final strike, as it's been dubbed online, um, I'm trying to be a bit more forgiving, and it's hard to. It's hard to. Um, the word of the day is Prometheum, and it is algorithm. There was a lot of science mumbo-jumbo being thrown around in this episode, and this is something that I mentioned before. I was not too excited about the <clears throat> science aspect of the show because I feel like it is a shorthand to just make anything happen or to explain anything. And I'm fine with that. But it isn't something that I feel like has been done consistently. And this season, it was like, something go wrong, we're just going to explain it with algorithm, Prometheum, shift, control V, all <laughs> And it's like, uh, I'm willing to accept it because it is a fantasy show. Of course, it's not real life, but my God. Um, so getting right into the good and the bad. On my good list, it's relatively short. Uh, and then listeners, because I am listeners and viewers, because I am doing this solo, uh, converse with me. You know, converse with me. Let's make me feel like Cole is here, but just being quiet. So if you have your hot takes, get them off as well. Use the hashtag and shoot them off in the comments. So for the good. I have, which is actually good and a bad for me, starting off, Painkiller and Ishmael fight. For me, I enjoyed seeing them. I don't think I was excited as everyone else about the idea of these two going head-to-head. It's not that I didn't enjoy it. I was happy to see it. But I was like, man, I don't – I'm so (laughs) invested in this Painkiller show coming up that – 
I honestly want Ishmael to be in that show. So this fight to me was like, yeah, it's cool, and I like it, and they doing good, but like I want Ishmael in Painkiller show. So I don't, I don't need them fighting. I need them to team up, and I need Painkiller that personality to become dominant and become friends with Ishmael. But all in all, it was a good fight. I did like, I like the choreography. I like the lighting as well. One thing that really has uh, stood out in the last, let's say, five or ten years or so when it comes to superhero fights is fights at night. Some movies and shows do not get it right. It's, like, extremely dark. It's lit in a weird way. I think this one was, everything was done pretty well. It was the right amount of darkness, the right amount of of light. It felt like it was nighttime. I could see everything going on. Um, Ishmael... I don't, I'm not going to say he dies. I'm going to say him and Khalil slash Painkiller fought. Painkiller won. Ishmael did get the poison in him, but I don't know that I'm 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 not willing to accept that Ishmael is dead. I'm just I'm not going to do it. So until the show says, "Hey, Ishmael is a corpse. He is not alive and will not be reanimated," because as we know, the Ishmael character from the comics does have a relationship with the Lazarus pit. He has been resurrected before. So I'm not going to accept that he's dead. I'm just going to say it was a good fight. And I'm um, happy for everyone involved. Uh, More on my good list. JJ and Jefferson's conversation, the talk that they had at the beginning of the episode. Now, y'all know I am not a fan of the way Uriah, Darius, Issa, uh, Todd, a lot of these black male characters have been treated well overall these black boys on this show um more specifically Darius in the way his murder was handled like filmed and just the whole space in which his dead body occupied on the show and the same thing with Uriah but JJ and Jefferson are having this kind of heart to heart about hey you are a superhero this is things that happen you can't blame yourself for Uriah's death which technically no but like at the same time I feel as if this season suffered from pacing issues. And I mentioned this before. A lot of the things that happened in the last two or three episodes, honestly, if had have been stretched out over the full 13, would have made more sense. Lynn's ex coming back, the lawyer. Who are you, sir? We've never seen you before. Um, This particular storyline with Uriah, if you had of maybe had more instances of him and JJ and even him and Jennifer having a sort of love, hate, not love, hate, um, love, puppy love, whatever you want to call it. If you had have had more of that, to me, this would have paid off more. Um, I don't like the idea that he's dead. Like, and, and not in that way. Like if you were going to ultimately kill him, maim him, hurt him, knock him down. I mean, he was in a fight with a meta and then maybe kill him off screen, like in the hospital. Cause this, I just do not like the way Uriah's death was handled. But back to the the scene at hand. I did like Jefferson and JJ's talk. Um, What I didn't like is that this show feels to me in some parts, the it makes me feel the way I felt about Riverdale. Like they think because you go on a hiatus or you go to the next week that you can just say things or have the character say things and that automatically makes it so that's not the case um one example in riverdale there was a 
seen, I want to say season two, where there was a quarantine and then the show went on hiatus and then they came back and like it was over. I'm like, well, can we not explain? Like, this was such a big deal that the whole town was under quarantine. Why are we not addressing this? In that same vein, Jefferson says to JJ, you know, therapy, I wasn't believing in it at first, but me and mom went and it's helped us out. Therapy does work. I'm an advocate for mental health. But, sir, you and Lynn learned nothing from therapy. You learned how to talk about maybe issues you've had. But aside from that, all you have done is argue. Don't say things that aren't true and then I'm supposed to accept them as true. That's not what happened. Uh, what else do I have here? Uh, Sean Shakur. And I don't even think his first name is Sean. I've been calling him that. The um, detective, the young black guy, Henderson's uh, Robin, so to speak. I liked him this episode. We didn't get a whole lot of him. Um, I did like him. He doesn't bother me in the way that he bothers Cole. But I, his his character has also suffered, him and the detective, from not appearing enough in this season and not having enough of an impact with their um with their their story like it it feels as if a lot of stuff is just like either retcon in or after the fact him helping out community kids inner city community kids play basketball that's fine but we could have got a, maybe a scene or two of that. That's not even something I would have attributed to the character, not because he's a shitty person, but because of this like constant dystopian vibe that we're in with Freeland that we've been in since season two. My mind doesn't go to kids just having fun at the playground. That would have been a nice visual, but to me, Freeland is always in a state of disarray and sadness. The way I feel about Freeland is honestly how I feel about Gotham. I feel like you've just come to accept that shit is just going to be bad and we still have to go to prom, mm -hmm. we still have to go to work, we still have to exist and find joy, but it's just a terrible place. That's why I do not think anyone should live in Gotham, and at this point, no one should live in Freeland. Uh, um, but I did enjoy Sean. I, I, just, I just enjoyed him. I have no explanation. Just this episode, I was like, all right, Sean, I'm, I'm with you, man. You, you're serving your purpose. Um, the Tobias and Jefferson fight. So I want to circle back to that a little later, but just know I enjoyed that. Probably for the wrong reasons, but I enjoyed it. Um, and then Lightning doing the live stream of uh, Detective Lopez. I like that. It was very campy. It was very much uh, superhero in tights sort of thing where she had the, which the live stream in her eyes to the rest of the world, which I'm still, I'm just ignoring that because I enjoyed that scene. Um, and I thought it was really good with the time limit that we have. Lopez has been after Lightning this whole season. Even though we haven't seen her a lot, she has actively been going after Lightning. And for you to get to this crossroad <laughs> where her personal wants and her professional wants are like kind of the same thing. You want to get lightning, but your bigotry and your um, insensitive and, and terrible nature is coming out on, on camera. I liked all of that. I enjoyed that. Um, I'm sure there's some more good, but outside of like CNTC and everything about Painkiller, that goes without saying. Seeing him on screen, him fighting and talking with Looker, perfect. Chef's kiss. Pivoting to the bad, starting off with Looker. 
Um, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe it was just this was the actress that was available. Maybe her power set fit the storyline the best. I don't know what it was, but I felt like there were so many other people we could have got that were not Looker. And I don't have an issue with like the racism because it's like that's her character. That's what she is. My issue with it is more or less why do we need that? Like in the show that's been consistently kind of the gritty showing you close okay how do i put this this has been a show where i feel like especially in the comic book space has really been giving us the real world issues that we see on a daily like the police brutality like the black lives matter movement like just a lot so i i appreciate it in that sense um but with that being the backdrop, because that has been what this show has been about since scene one, season one, episode one. I felt like, in my personal opinion, that we could have went with a different character or just created someone. Like the Mandingo comment, the yard and field boy. They're like, oh, I was like, I, I get you making, I get the character. That's not lost on me, but is this necessary? I, I wasn't feeling it. Um, yeah, I wasn't feeling it. It's like, I don't know. It, and I, maybe I can't articulate exactly why, but it just felt like you're beating a dead dog. You, you, I got nothing, nothing new came from Looker. We got her power set that remained the same. That's fine. We got her. That's fine. But there was no evolution of the character and i'm just like i'm expecting for her to come out of whoop some ass maybe she's stronger maybe have a stronger army more of a, a a threat i don't know maybe it's just like this is easy just get her in here let her be racist and then get her out the way because i mean i get the racism is wrong it's bad don't be racist but like why do we need her at all like we didn't need her associated with the and when that's when we only got her we didn't get the south freeland that we got in seasons past so I'm going to leave it there. I didn't care for Looker. I didn't care for her at all. Um, kudos to the actress you did. You know, what needed to be done, but I wasn't a fan. I didn't need that. Uh, what else? So, Tobias and the Shadow Board. Another something that I think is suffering from not being placed well in the season. We could have had the Shadow Board and the League of Assassins. You could have just combined them into one thing and had them slowly rolled out over the course of the season like to get them in this cobalt blue box two episodes ago for like a couple seconds I'm like i'm not invested i don't care and then there is a group of four older people two women two men i want to say an indian man a white man a black woman and a white woman i think that's what it looked like i would be interested so on the surface, I am interested in, like, who are these people? Where do they come from? What are their power set? How are they in this position of power? But then just looking at the show, knowing this is the final season, knowing that this is the second to last episode, I'm just like, why do I care about this? I don't care about this. Like, why? what is this? Like, their presence means nothing, even with you just now introducing them. Th nothing about them was seeded in before. Um, another something that I didn't like, and it's not... I'm going to blame it on the show, but I'm not going to be as harsh on the show as I am with other things. It's Tobias serving other people. 
Tobias has been the big bad consistently from season one to season four. We started off with him and in an elevated position, but like kind of a lackey. Like I want to say he was, I don't say groveling, but he was answering to Lady Eve for some things. Like he he had never been in the position where he was just truly outright the big boss. Um, well, season two and three, kind of, sort of, yeah. But we started off with him that way in season one. And then at the end with the shadow board, we're doing the same thing. I'm like, why does it feel like he's always begging to be a part of some larger group when you're it, it make no sense, y'all. I just I was frustrated. Like this man has for all intents and purposes, he's been the Lex Luthor, he's been the big bad, the Victor Von Doom, the guy to beat forever in a day, and like you're still and then even having Ishmael kill the guy who, like, went against Tobias, he's like, hey, I'm mayor, and I got rid of all the metas. And that man was like, but you, the lightning's still out there. I'm like, why does this matter? Why does this matter to them? I don't make it make sense. I don't get it. So all of that happens, and Tobias snaps his fingers in this. I don't know if that tune meant anything, but... All I could think of his interactions with Lala having him under that spell were like a little bit more interesting. I'm good with the snapping, but this like whatever. I need to know: Are these people holograms? Are they? Is it is it incorporeal? Whatever. Are they like ghostly figures? I asked that because Ishmael comes out of nowhere and he like kills one of them. And that's fine, but like, is he in the same space physically with this person? And maybe I'm asking things that just don't matter. Maybe I like, dude, just enjoy the show. But I'm just like, I, we don't know these people, so I, I don't. It makes no sense to me. <laughs> so, but I'll, I'll let that go. I'll let that go. It happened. Tobias is now the king, which I, um, he said something after he killed the guy. He said, uh, I think he said, "All hell the king" or something. I was like, that should have been the title of this episode. Like, they're so. Sticking so close to the like Bible verse adjacent sounding titles, just make a cool title. We don't have to have Book of Resurrection, Miseducation of Lauren Hill, J. Cole new album dropped as like we don't need that. Just <laughs> but they're nothing if not consistent. Uh Uriah's death. Well mentioned that. Still mad at it, even though it didn't happen this episode. <laughs> uh, what else? The Shadow Board, Looker, um, Ishmael's death, I touched on that, but again, I hope he gets resurrected. So speaking of Ishmael and his uh, proximity to the Lazarus pit, something else that has been bothering me with this show is some of the plot lines that were just left out. We had this Lazarus pit style laundromat looking place when, <laughs> I want to say it was season two, uh, with that old black man who was like bringing... Lala back to life. I know y'all remember what happened to that. That was interesting. Like <laughs> that would be nice to you know if if that exists. Let's just kill everybody and then just <laughs> and bring them back. Like whatever happened to it, I don't know. And then Lady E's folks, like right, maybe they didn't get Jill Scott back. Maybe they couldn't get her. Whatever the case may be, like she lives on through Destiny, I guess. But Destiny didn't even get as big of a role in this season as I thought she should have gotten by being the analog to be Lady Eve. Like, Destiny should have been out here in gowns and furs killing it, and she wasn't. 
Um, Devonte, I hope we see him in the final episode. He's paid his dues. I want him. I want him out there on the front line, whooping ass. Uh, what else? What else do I have? Um, so JJ in red, not a fan. JJ and TC talk. JJ's like, hey, I'm the only one with powers. Um, I need to get my powers back. The only way is I need to go to the ionosphere again, which okay. Um, two things. One thing with the ionosphere, we saw JJ come down, I think it was last episode or the episode before, and there were still like pieces of her floating around, which I assumed was going to be China McClain coming back in the next episode. I hope we address that, and that's not just up there. Uh, secondly, she goes to the ionosphere, charges her powers, come back down, fights Red. Red kind of whoops her butt, and she's like, oh, you know, you got me. She's playing possum because she knocks him down, takes his uh, little watch off. Now he can't use his powers. Cool. I understand what type of show I'm watching, and this isn't even a critique of – it is a critique of the episode, but not the show because it's like we're watching CW, and I know what narrative is usually pushed with superheroes. But God damn, why didn't, why didn't JJ kill Red? Why? Why didn't she kill him? Uh, at least burnt him with her powers, you know, mess up his foot, break a knee or something. I was like, ah. So she turns him over to the Detective Lopez. She throws him to the ground. She's like, here, he's the one who killed Uriah, and here's a flash drive with everything on it, which, what? what is this, this flash drive? What is this from? Is this like footage from all of the restaurants in the area, whatever, that's neither here nor there. She says, like, this is the guy, and then that's when the detective points her gun at her. She's like, F you, menace is trash, all menace need to die, it's my life mission to kill y'all. I was like, whoa, sis, you are you are very intense. Like, let's, one thing at a time. Um, But yeah, that was something I asked on Twitter. I was like, man, what would you have done if you were JJ in this situation? And I'm 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 okay with her turning over red, but I out of all the things that we've seen Jennifer China McClain go through of the first three seasons and all of the loss that she's had and all of the growth that she's had at a as a character and all the stuff she just had to deal with being the youngest, being the one who wasn't trained with her powers, being the one who had the emotional issues because nobody listened to her. Like all of that culminating with us seeing JJ and accepting that JJ is actually the Jennifer from the three seasons before. I don't see why she didn't, after he killed Uriah, just act a fool. I just, I don't know. Maybe she's stronger than me or they wrote her poorly, but I think I would have been whooping ass. I would have showed my ass. <laughs> so she turns him over and then the chief, realizes she's being recorded, turns around and leaves, goes into the precinct. Now, this is something. I've watched True Crime and Law and & Order and NCIS and NYPD Blue and New York Undercover. I've watched stuff like this my whole life. When Chief Lopez went into the precinct and all these officers and people who worked there were, like, sitting on their desks, laughing and giggling, pointing because they could see the live feed, why did she cuss them the fuck out? I mean, like, I told them, 
there's something y'all could be doing. We have more people in this precinct than are walking around on the streets in Freeland. What what are you doing? What is this? Do y'all need to go home early? Like I I just for her to be like, oh my god, I was like, what are you doing? You had all this heat for Meta's lightnings in particular, and you and you letting these folks yoke the people underneath you. I don't know, man. I don't know. So before getting to what she did, this isn't. This is a bad thing, but kind of is or ain't. Okay. So um, in the earlier scene, we got Mr. Uh, Detective Shakur coming into Detective Lopez's office, or Chief Lopez. I've been calling her Detective, my bad. And he's like, hey, you know, what's up? What we got going on? She's like, hey, Tobias gave us these vials of super soldier serum, and I need you to go make some people into uh, metas. Like, this just... Here's my coffee order. And so he's like, man, permission to speak freely. I don't think that's cool, but whatever. Now he says, and I don't have it verbatim. I should have wrote it down. Pretty much. This is what uh, Detective Shakur said. Man, Chief, I know you hate Metas because they ruined your life because they killed your husband and your husband killed your brother. And you're like, it, this long like backstory that we knew nothing about. And I know you hate them, but you know, if you do this to somebody, ain't that just going to be like when they, the Metas did to you? What are you talking about? So y'all wait until the penultimate, the 12th episode in a season of 13 episodes before you decided to cue the audience in on the fact that this this chief hates Metas for a reason. Now, I don't think she's justified, but would it not have made more sense for you to release that information, maybe in bite-sized pieces, so we know she had a husband. I didn't know she had a husband. She had a husband. I believe he became a meta, and then he killed her brother. So how about this? The first time we see her, she at the conference, talk about her. Maybe somebody say, hey, sorry for the loss of your husband. Oh, we know she got a husband. A few episodes from now, when she's talking about how much she hate metas, maybe say, hey, damn it, my husband died from being a meta. I hate metas. Okay, now we know her husband was a meta. We know that he died. We know she was married. Then, when we get the episode about family and all this, maybe say, hey, oh, and I really miss my brother. I can't believe my, my husband killed my brother or they were killed by me or whatever. Like, would that not have made more sense? This whole time, we think she hate metas because she just hate them. She just hate metas because it's in her blood. Just <laughs> like, why is this? Ugh. I didn't like that. I didn't like that because it's like, what are you doing? You're giving us this backstory. Yeah, it's cool. It's good to know these things about her. But we've been with this woman for 12 weeks. and Well, 12 plus weeks because we had the, hi the hiatus. Why should we care? Why should we care? So with all that backstory, let's go back to everybody laughing at her in the precinct. <sighs> Shelby from The Best Man walks into her office, has a nervous breakdown, Starts throwing stuff everywhere, hearing voices or or um, hearing conversations, replaying conversations she's had before. Injects herself with the meta gene, and now she's about to be something. I don't know if she's going to be a character or if she's a pre-existing character in DC Comics, because they do have a tendency to do that. Hell, Painkiller existed before in Tattoo Man. Um, so I'm not sure. So one thing I do want listeners, viewers... If you know that Detective Lopez, like if she's based off an existing character, please let me know. Use that hashtag BLMPod. 
Um, but um, yeah, she so she's going to pretty much have a, a big showdown. It's like we're setting up for this big final battle where we have uh, the players we have so far. Now we have Tobias. Uh, we got we got the chief because she's injected with her stuff. I want to say we have Ishmael, but I'm, I'm gonna leave him alone for now. Um, I think we have Painkiller. I would hope, but he left. He didn't go into Freeland. Uh, he still has the kill order for the Pierces, so maybe not him. Uh, but we do have Lightning. Like we have a few people on the board, and I'm sure we have to get Lala. We have to get Lala back. Like there's no way. We end this series with without Lala. We we can't. If we do, I will riot. <laughs> um, so we have them, and Jefferson turns himself over to Tobias. When I say that, I mean he like told him, "Hey, you can have the deed to my father's house. Me and my family, we need the money." He says, "Meet you at, at that house in an hour." During this time. Gamby has taken Lynn's house arrest cuff off. And he's like, yeah, look at it. Now it looks like you're still at home. She's at your science factory laboratory cave. This is not her house. If she was going to be arrested, it should have went off already. Also, why even include this? Why have this at all? This show has done so poorly with Lynn since season one. It doesn't make any sense. Why is she under house arrest? Like, this is a fictional show. Her ex-boyfriend from whatever college they went to who came in for two episodes to save her, why not just get her off? Like, be like, oh, he's so good. He got the charges dropped or something. Like, why is she under house arrest? Is it to make it more believable? Because we didn't need that. Jefferson says, well, such and such, such, Tobias doing this, then the third, let me erase his memory. And Gamby says, you mean like you did in episode one where you shot those police officers and made them forget? Like, what do you, what? Whatever. I'm even willing to accept that. Uh, but Gamby says, well, you don't have your powers. Oh, so science, 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 science. Let me hit the Prometheum algorithm and let me soup up the 4,000 and do this and that and put on this watch. Again, I can accept it, whatever. But it was just like, what are we doing? We could just have powers. Like, there's, what are we doing? So Gamby tells him, like, get him in the back of the cortical nerve, whatever, to shock him and make him lose his memory. I'm thinking, you didn't do that to them cops. You just shocked them. Like, just do the same thing. Well, I got to vibrate on the right frequency. and say, Okay, whatever. So Tobias and Jefferson are in the kitchen of his father's home, of Jefferson's father's home. And Tobias is looking over the paperwork. He's like, man, you big lip Negro, coon monkey, whatever slurs he keep throwing out. And Jefferson is standing there looking pitiful. I'm thinking in my head, Jefferson, just stab this. Like, you're going through all of this. Pick up a knife and stab him in his neck. Stab him in his back. Like, all of this magical, powerful. We don't need that. Save the money on the special effects. Stab him. I feel like even if he is immortal in the sense that he's taken whatever serum and he lives for a long time, a man without a heart, unless he's just explicitly like, I'm immortal, I'll never die no matter what. All the stuff he did to Khalil, just stab him. So Jefferson, <laughs> somebody says, oh, I, um, after all this, I can't believe you just 
giving up without a fight or whatever. And <laughs> you came to my house, you killed my dad, and I was under the bed. It's such so I just I honestly love Tobias's episode. Say what you want. He gave me that same evil feeling that he gave me in season one. He was that same smart mouth, slur throwing, sassy angry evil man like he was just pure evil and i loved it um they get into a fight tobias is whooping jefferson's ass tobias grabs the eviction notice and he shoves this notice into jefferson's mouth that was funny as shit to me i was not negatively affected by that at all i wanted him to keep whooping jefferson's ass because i'm like you're not why are we even you could have stabbed him tobias could have been dead right there but you so hell been on. No, I don't want to. I don't want to kill. But you've been killing and maiming people this whole season. But whatever. So Tobias like, hey man, you can you can hit me. Come on, give me your best shot. Since you've been holding this grudge for thirty plus years, he does, and it doesn't end well. Tobias kills. For those of you in podcast land, I'm doing the quotation marks. He kills Jefferson, and then he reaches out to JJ. So cut to the next scene, the final scene. She's on the phone eating something it gave very much scream um what's your favorite scary movie it really gave that and jj's like oh well what was my dad and why are you calling me from his phone and he's like oh use your power so here's your dad he's dead clearly he's not dead that would though be a good way to end the series not because of any critiques i've had in the past or even this episode but just in general like if you are ending this season, this series, and there's no going back, just kill him. Kill Jefferson. And, like, let let the girls live if you want to use them in other episodes. Um, I'm sorry, other shows on the CW. Like, make it make sense, make it impactful. But this man ain't dead. Clearly he's not dead. Then CW has the nerve to give us promotional clips from next episode. We ain't got that since episode one, if we even got that episode one. I think we may have got to, like, this this season on Black Lightning. I don't even think we got that. Why you give us these promotions? We don't want that. <laughs> so it's going to be a big battle. And I mean, I'm here for it. It's the final episode. I'm really just interested to see how they pull all this together. Um, a few things I was concerned about. If Tobias has the nullifier and he has a field of, let's say, Let's say 50 miles. It's over. It's around the whole city. Why inside the field is when your powers don't work? Why wouldn't you just drive outside of the field, uh, get your powers back, alert the media, alert the authorities, alert the other metas in the world? Now, for the longest of time, three seasons, actually, Black Lightning did not exist in the Arrowverse proper. Um, this episode, Tobias mentions how when he's talking to the shuttle board, he's going to take over everywhere. He's going to take over Star City, Metropolis, such and such. So we're acknowledging that this world, this Freeland Black Lightning world, exists in the greater DC EU. Why are you not reaching out to anyone for help? And I get that this is Black Lightning's um, series finale. That I get that. But why mention all of those cities if we're not going like, there are superheroes in those cities. Like It just felt very weak to me, especially with, like, 
I don't know, man. Like maybe Liam being under house arrest. Okay, keep her there. That's an issue. But she also doesn't have metahuman powers at all. So why not those of you who have the powers go? I just that just to me feels like it would have made for a more compelling second half of the season. Like if we had to push some of the events of the last two episodes forward, like to right after the the mid season finale. So the whole back half, we could have had the side characters, so to speak, like on a mission going through the Arrowverse, collecting different heroes to come back and help with the battle. Because you can even take them off the board. If we get all of these Supergirl and Flash and whoever else, bring them to Freeland, have this big fight, and then let Jefferson be like, nah, this is I gotta I gotta take Tobias. Like I just it feels like there are so many other things that could have happened. Now I also acknowledge that Black Lightning of course is shot in Atlanta and everywhere else is um in Canada. But it just why mention them at all? Um oh, I had another issue with that that felt like it could have been easily res re resurrected resurrect re what <laughs> easily <laughs> rectified. Um but we get oh one thing I didn't miss out Lynn and Lauren they have their own little kind of friendship and Lauren is like hey I met your daughters they passionate about this Peter Gamby is passionate about this Peter told me such and such and Lynn's like why are you helping me well he said it wasn't his secret to tell so I wasn't such and such and she's like oh this is my secret that's cute I like that but also don't care. You, th this show has done so poorly with Lynn's character forever. You got her addicted to crack, aka green light. You got her um, strung out and acting a damn fool, arguing all the goddamn time. She's on house arrest now. And then you turn her accomplishments against her. So I kind of like it, but I don't think it was executed well. Everything she did in season one with the pod kids and trying to help out and Dr. Jason stuff, you turned that against her and made her this public enemy. Cool. But it didn't feel like enough of a storyline or enough was done with that storyline. Again, a lot of this stuff would have felt better had it happened earlier in the season. Cause now like you're giving me these high stakes, but they're at the end. It's like, Oh, I'll go to work. And my biggest issue is that I need to complete my eight hours and go back home. But all of a sudden on my season finale, you bring a school shooter, the building catch fire, and then some of my co-workers are zombies. Where did this come from? What, what this makes no sense. I don't know. Let me know, y'all. Am I rambling? Am I am I a crazy fan with unreal expectations, or are you agreeing with any of this? I would really like to know. Uh, use that hashtag BLM pop. Uh, so let's go to the favorite, least favorite, and ratings. And please feel free to engage and, and let me know what yours are. Favorite character of this episode? I don't know. I don't want to say painkiller because that just goes without saying. There wasn't enough TC for me. I like a lot of TC in my Black Lightning because you know he been he been doing his thing. Um, I say Tobias. It has to be Tobias. Like he he felt like he was in rare form. He was very much the villain of before, and he was acting the damn fool with his anti-black ass he is who that anti-blackness is global um least favorite i would have to say hmm that's that's kind of 
who would be a least favorite in this episode? Um, maybe Jefferson. Yeah, because he's going to fight Tobias. He could have did a whole lot of stuff differently. Then he didn't want Gamby to come with him. No, Gamby, I got this. This on me. Girl, what? What? You don't have powers. Gamby is a spy of Medicare age, and he is still whooping ass, getting with the ladies, raising TC, holding down the fort, and being the patriarch adjacent of your family. I would want, he better be with me. Like, what do you mean? Jefferson with the poor decision. So, yeah, Tobias is my favorite. Jefferson is my least favorite. And as far as ratings are concerned, hell, at this point, I'm going to just give it a three. Three lightning strikes. Because at this point, we're almost to the end. And there were some good parts of this episode. But I just was not. <sighs> I wasn't as impressed as I wanted to be. I am, however, hoping that this final episode wraps up loose ends at the very least. Like, I'm going to accept whatever they give us um, because, hell, I have no choice. <laughs> but I'm, I'm hoping for I'm hoping for something something better. Let me know what your predictions and stuff are, listeners. You know, use the hashtag BLMPod. Do you think Lynn and them going to get married? Which, like, why was that even ever brought up? Another thing that if they had brought up in the beginning of the season – would have made more sense in that last episode with Jefferson trying to get married to Lynn. And she's like, eh, eh, nah. Oh, so let's, um, let's move on. Let's up. Oh, we got quite a few comments here. Let's see what folks got. Oh, Cole Jackson live, live tweeting from uh Freeland with painkiller. So John Livingston said, no, it was something earlier in the episode. I'm not sure, but whatever it was, I agree, sir. Uh, where's Cole? <laughs> well, John Livingston, Cole, uh, is in Freeland. He's with, uh, he's with your homeboy painkiller in Freeland. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, next one. Oh, uh, mm, Sith, you see you at the crossroads, you won't be lonely. Hey, which I don't know why they didn't play the crossroads, Bone Thugs and Harmony crossroads, um, on this episode. Like, yeah, missed opportunity. I don't know if it's licensing or no one just thought of it, but yeah, that would have been, yeah. Miss your Uncle Charles, y'all. Yes, indeed. Uh, so Cole Jackson says, painkiller fight was epic. Let's revisit the fight, guys. So I enjoyed it. Um, I just, I just want Ishmael, <laughs> Ishmael to be on painkiller, and that's, I'm not going to get over that. So that aside, it was a really good fight. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and it, it has me every time we see Painkiller, I get more excited for his show. Um, if I could take a quick aside, this is my Painkiller Corner. I get more excited for it because, man, Jordan Calloway has put in the hours, he's put in the time, and he's a very good actor. If you're me and Cole mentioned this. It wasn't on the last episode or the one before. But there are a few people from the CW universe at large, so all shows, when shows that I've watched, that I feel like could really, I don't want to say crossover because they're already actors, but who could really do well out there on their own. And I think Jordan Calloway is one of those actors. He gives me a Michael B. Jordan vibe, not necessarily Michael himself, but like the roles he's played. I could very easily see um, 
Jordan Calloway playing those same roles. Um, I could see him playing a Killmonger. I could see him playing a uh, what's this? Uh, Jack, not Jack Ryan. The most recent Tom Clancy movie starring Michael B. Jordan. Jesus Christ, I just watched it. But either way, y'all know what I'm talking about. I could see Jordan Calloway playing that character. I could also see him in a soap opera, you know, like into um, Chadwick Boseman and Michael B. Jordan. They did soap opera acting uh, in their earlier in their career. Like, I could see him doing so much just off his acting ability. Then we look at his physicalness of it all, for lack of a better term. His build, he's got. If you look at him in Riverdale versus him now, like just physically, because they keep his shirt off in every goddamn episode, um, you can see how he's changed and how massive he is, and how, of course, in this superhero action leading man space that we're in with a lot of movies, he could, I think, he could carry a movie, a show, a series, or something. So, um, that's my painkiller corner. I'm very excited for the painkiller series. And for everything that comes with that, because what we've seen so far has been chef's kiss. Uh, let's see. Oh, so Cole Jackson says, sorry that he missed the show, but the Purdy has him trapped. So apparently he's trapped in South Freeland. Um, I'm going to call up Khalil after the show and see if he can uh, do something about that. So John Livingston says, uh, Ishmael and Painkiller had this whole snake eyes and storm shadow vibe for about two minutes. Ishmael went out like a chump. Man, that's what I'm saying. I did not like the way that they got him off the board. I'm okay with the fight, but like that ending, I was like, man, what? Ishmael has been lurking around Freeland, causing trouble for all of the pierces, all of the metas. He's killed what is it, 90, was it 96? Like 96 metas so far. And just needed those last four. <laughs> he killed this. Y'all saw him kill that man in that uh, that shadow board member. And then you, ah, not to say painkiller isn't powerful, but like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't like that. But, you know, I don't know. Shout out to Ishmael. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cole Jackson says Ishmael's not dead, period. Well, he's not dead in the same way we, we keep saying Todd ain't dead. <laughs> uh, Cole Jackson also says, I agree. They really packed a bunch of storyline in the last three episodes. I was like, WTF. Yes, yeah, same here. I just, you know, just to reiterate, I think that a lot of stuff must have gotten cut and shuffled around because there's no way that you intentionally left all of this shit for the last three episodes. There's no way, even on the worst of shows, you, there's no way. Like, yeah, we can get mad at the writers and, you know, how some stuff unfolded, but I I have to believe there was more, there were more things at play that affected the scripting, the pacing, the storyline, even the editing. Like, because again, remember there was an episode earlier in the season where, Anissa and Darius met. They went out for drinks. We walk into the room, and Grace is in a coma, been in a coma for a year. Then we walk into the room again, and she's an alive leopard, a awake leopard, just in the bed, not chained up or nothing. And then we come back. Like, it's a lot of the editing seemed, seemed to have been off. So, yeah, this is a lot of stuff in three episodes. And then Cole says they learn how to argue better. I'm sure that's in reference to the therapy comment, but no, they don't argue better. No, they suck. 
So <laughs> Cole Jackson says, uh, Dookie Shakur. <laughs> Rogue would hate him. Dookie Shakur is still a horrible character, and I don't understand why he's around. He has to be the anti-Lopez. Like, they couldn't. It's the good cop, bad cop. He has to be anti-her. Like, because if we just had her, I mean, I think it still would have played the same. But, like, it makes sense. He's the anti-her. It's just we didn't get a lot of her. We got more of him, but we didn't even get a lot of him. So, you know, John Livingston says, of course it's going to be bad. Freeland is where DC dumped all their melanated folks. South Africa style. Man, say, they, you are shooting in Atlanta. You have the, like, when I, like, Freeland should have felt like an all-black metropolis. It's like, I'm all fine with the hood. And the grimy parts of the city, like every every place has its good and bad parts, again in quotations. Um, that's not an issue, but the freedom of season one feels a whole lot different than the freedom from seasons three, two through uh, four. Season one felt a little bit more like a nice small town kind of kind of metropolitan, not huge, but not no little bitty Smallville. But God damn this. This post-apocalyptic snap Thanos mess. I don't know. Okay, so Cole Jackson says, why did we get the entire backstory of the captain in the throwaway scene again? And that's another thing. So even if you were going to wait and just dump all of this on us in one scene, it should have been a highlighted scene. Like, it should have, that information should have come out when the chief had her gun pointed at lightning. Let her stay all the like anti-meta stuff and don't have JJ say nothing but like, you know, we didn't do anything to you. And then she's like, Well, yes, you did. You killed my husband, and you had my husband kill my like you if you were going like it should have been in that scene where it was more to me, it would have read better. It read better, <laughs> it would have been a bit more impactful than what we got. Uh, and I know a lot of this is hindsight 2020. Again, we're critiquing the show. We're critiquing art. We like this show. Um, and no piece of artwork is above being critiqued and being discussed and lies. Like, it's not. So even though all of this is being said, I wish no ill on the characters, the uh, or the characters, <laughs> the actors, the behind the scenes, the writer team. Like that. No, it's a show. I We understand this is fantasy. But at the same time, man, y'all could do this shit differently. So, <laughs> fuck. Um, so then Cole says, yes. Looker's characters is from South Freeland and racist as she is the white character made for us to hate. But that felt lazy. Like, we know she's racist. That goes without saying. But they didn't give us any more. Like, all this time that she's been off in South Freeland doing her thing, she should have been stronger. Like, her fighting Khalil? Okay, cool. We got a scene of that. But she should have been... Don't just give me just this racist, blonde-haired, blue-eyed white woman. That's like... So what? Okay, cool. Yes, she hates black people. I don't like what this is. I don't know. It was that's weird. John says, I uh, gotta have two single black men fighting. Oh, okay, get out of here. <laughs> uh, Cole Jackson says, Tobias and the shadow board is the dumbest thing that they feel force fed. It is completely BS. Yeah, it's complete BS. Yeah, I'm with you. The shadow board, like the fact that we mentioned League of Assassins earlier in the season as Ishmael's like entry or motivation, but we never get them. 
and then you give us the shadow board at the end, but we never mentioned them. It's like just combine them, make them the same thing. Just do that. Or just like what? Rose. Uh John says the shadow group are there so that you don't have melanated man that's the most powerful. He has masters that pull his chain, turning him into a lap dog instead of the big dog he really is. And I can't disagree with that at all. Like the way in which to like Tobias carried this show. He carried this show. We had our villains of the week. We had our little issues. Everybody had their little antagonists. But Tobias carried this show. And like I said before, in season one, he was the begging to be on board, to be, which Tobias is powerful as hell. Like, how are you not, how are you, how are you a villainous panel of sorts and not sure if you want him to be on your team? He has no, like, he is, he lives for a long time. And he's like super strong. I think he has super strength. And he's intelligent. Aside from that, he doesn't like shoot lasers from his eyes. He can't conjure up smoke. But this man has been getting shit done. He was in Markovia. He had been kidnapped. He was in that Magneto-style prison. He uh, well, he killed that Russian lady's son and was like eating lunch with her one day. Like he has done a lot. Why does he still feel like he's begging to be part, get a seat at the table? This makes absolutely no sense. <sighs> But I digress. Um, Cole says, the show not giving us context for the shadow board is dumb. Yes, it is. And he says, but when he turns 16, when he goes to see the shadow board, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's silly. And we got these flashbacks of, like, Jefferson um, when his father died, which, let me put a pin in that. Why is this the first time JJ slash Jennifer is hearing about her grandfather's death? or murder. Like, I get wanting to protect your children, and I get not wanting to give out a lot of gory details, but how in the hell are you a meta-human who was a superhero in your, let's say, 20s, and then you get a family, and we find out that your, your daughters have the meta-genes, and you go through all the shit from seasons one through four, and now you decide to sit down and tell JJ, hey, this would happen with your dad. Like, why didn't they already know that? Like, that's not something we would keep a secret. If you're if you have these instances or these situations in your family, like if your grandmother was murdered because she dated a white guy, like that would be mentioned. You would say, like, hey, Latrina, you know. Your grandmother, like you ain't gonna say it when she's four years old, like. But it, there's like, why is this now new? Why is this news to her? Like, I don't know. That's just that's weird to me. Um, Cole says we was cheated out of Lala this season. Yes, we were. He was put on ice, so to speak. Um, so for you comic book heads out there, question, and this is a serious question. Um, the issue of fridging women in comics has happened for decades and it's it's being addressed constantly um is that what happened oh god what I, shoot i gotta find a tweet there was i'll get back to that because i don't i can't remember right now i'll add it to the show notes the tweet uh, that i'm referencing because it was like is that can it can the same thing well pretty much can fridging happen to men and it still be considered fridging where you um, have okay. So for those who may not know, the gist of it is having a male, a man and woman character, and to give the man motivation to do something or to go through trials, or whatever. Like you kill off 
his, the woman. So she's really just there to be a plot device for the man. And that's something that's happened forever and a day. And so in a, this specific context, when it comes to men, is it the same thing or is it just, hmm, what am I trying to say? Um, the act of doing the exact same thing, but but killing off the male the male character is that considered fridging or not? Um, let me know what y'all got. What you guys think, or if you know concretely, yes or no? Let me know. Uh, let's see. Cole says, "I think China McClain will be back in the last episode, probably so." Um, I don't know that that will get me excited. I don't know that I'm going to care. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to care. I mean, she come back, you know, catch me on the live tweet. Carefree Blurred is the handle, but I don't think I'm going to care. Let's see. Uh, John Livingston says, JJ is a battery, which is why the ionosphere charges her. Makes sense. Makes sense. You remember China slash lightning recharging Jeff back in season one. Why can't they do that again? Hey, there you go. There you go. That sounds like a good idea because it was a whole big ordeal with her recharging him in that cabin. I remember that. Hey. All right. Uh, John also says, also, nobody decided to take Red or Looker's bracelets and use them themselves. Yeah. Now, yep, there we go. Another thing that could have been done. Cole says, JJ didn't kill Red because it would have made Lopez look correct in what she has been saying all season. Sure. She still could have killed him. She didn't have to turn the body over. She could have killed him. But I get that. I get that. that that's... That sound, that's solid, that tracks. I can see that. But nobody was around when she was fighting Red. She, At the very least, she could have burnt this man, broke his knees or something. I don't know. Uh, Cole says, the Chiefs backstory should have been told in the beginning of the season. They don't want us to like this show. I mean, you said it there. Chief Lopez is going to be a fake storm. Okay. <laughs> he says she'll be fake rogue. She'll be fake left eye from TLC. <laughs> now, you know, stabbing that man won't work. Man, forget that. You could stab Tobias. Get that man in the neck. Get him with a bunch of knives. Twist his neck off. Like, do something. You could kill him. Uh, let's see. Cole also says, I agree. Killing Jeff makes sense to me. Yeah, it does make sense. Like, why not kill him? The, the series is ending. You already don't care about this, this show. Kill him. I feel like that would give you more motivation for the like if you do want to utilize the other cast members in other shows in the future i think killing off jefferson is a good way even if you don't i think that's a good way to end the show like of course like kill tobias as well unless you're going to use him on um painkiller which i don't i really don't need that we already have now if it's gonna get crowned in a check, I mean sure, get him on there. But like character-wise, I think Painkiller and Tobias, they've they've had four seasons of back and forth mess. Give Painkiller a new slate, let him do stuff with other people. So I don't necessarily need Tobias to be in painkiller. That being said, kill them both. Because I think they had a fight when Jefferson went. When he first, when the first time he stopped being Black Lightning, um, is that Tobias thought he killed Black Lightning? Like just at this time, let them both kill each other, and that's it. Let them let them be dead. Let them be dead. Um, Cole Jackson says we need Wendy Hernandez. Yes, she is the first meta to take down Jefferson. <laughs> she whooped his butt. Um, Cole Jackson says three lightning strike. Okay, Cole Jackson, his his uh. 
rating is three lightning strikes as well. And he also predicts that two bit saves the day and kills Tobias. You know they ain't gonna give us no damn two bit. Also, what happened to Henderson's wife? What happens to his daughter that was in college that was mentioned randomly for a second? Also, what about the mayor's kids? Like I know they never showed up, but like that man is dead. Like <laughs> this show is crazy, man. Uh, let's see. John Livingston says, except for Lynn, she can get dead and everyone would be happier, including her. Bro, she is so terrible. They have made her into a terrible character, man. Um, let's see. Uh, Andrea Sante, why did they give... Oh, I can't read. Why did they even give Anissa a new suit if we're never going to see Thunder again? I mean, hello. Why in the hell... And then, okay, so I wasn't a fan of the suit at all. But y'all remember that suit that Gamby gave her, this most recent fuchsia pink one. Now, that suit was so responsive that when he shot a gun at her, it defended her. She didn't need her powers to work that suit. That suit also helped her with her powers. That being said, because they are metas, and they don't have their powers at this time, wouldn't have made more sense for her to wear that new pink suit while they went into that building to, like, hack the mainframe, algorithm, Prometheum, whatever they was doing. Like, would that not have made more sense? And the other thing is, why give her this new suit when there's no action figures? We know that a lot of times characters get new suits in comics and on TV so that you can sell action figures. You can sell merch. Why? I'm with you, Andre Asante. Why did we even get this new suit? And why was she the only one with a new suit? What is going on? Man, I don't know. Y'all are mad. <laughs> John Livingston says, Jeff will magically come back to life as the emitter gets shut down. His powers come back. Yeah, that, that tracks. I'm not even going to come up with any other way in which he will come back to life. Yes, that, that's very much in the wheelhouse of this show. Somebody going to find the notifier or cut it off, and here we go. Um, why not just go outside of Freeland? If the nullifier is only... A 50-mile radius. They never said 50 miles, but let's just say a 50-mile radius. Why not go outside of that? I just don't I don't get it. This is so silly. Uh, John says, or he gets a new younger body and changes his name to Virgil. Oh, boy, man, get out of here. That ain't going to static shock. Um, let's see. Cole says his rating is actually two lightning strikes, and he was making fun of me. Okay, well... Anyone want to come on and co-host the next episode? Because Cole can't come back. <laughs> Two lightning strikes, yeah. And Cole says her new suit is from the Spring Y Fear Collections. Yeah, and what I like about it is that it go with any pair of shoes that I got. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's, that's all the comments. Y'all, we are in the penultimate episode. We have one more left. Though this show has been... We've been tearing it apart and building it back up again. I'm hoping that this last episode is a satisfying episode in the sense that I hope a lot of plot lines are wrapped up. I hope that we get a happily ever after or a sad ever after. You know, if Jefferson has to die, he has to die. But I hope that it is something that's complete, that buttons up everything, and there's like, this is the ending. Because in this day and age, when we have streaming and binging slash marathoning shows, I would honestly like to go back and start from the beginning and just watch it all the way through. Maybe not in like one sitting, but like over the course of maybe the next year or so, kind of checking back in with the series because it it hasn't been all bad. It has not been all bad. Um, so yeah. 
Yeah, man. So let me know what your predictions are for the season finale or series finale. What's going to happen? Is everybody going to die? Everybody going to live? Painkiller going to come back? You know, any old characters from before going to come back? Like, what are your thoughts? What are your predictions? And I uh, use that hashtag BLMPod. And guys, until next time, man, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, um, take care of yourselves. And I will see you guys. Oh, yeah. Me and Cole will see you guys next Monday. Check your time zones 15 minutes before the Black Lightning season finale. We will be giving you a pregame immediately after when the episode starts. We will be on Twitter. Uh, Cole Jackson12 is his handle, and Carefree Blurred is mine. Give you that BLM pod magic, magical tweets. And then meet us back here the very next day, next Tuesday, for the finale the finale of the series blm pod will be no more after that so um take care of yourself stay carefree stay nerdy stay geeky uh thanks for viewing and thanks for listening and um we out <laughs>